Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Greetings to this session of the Nonprofit Exchange. And today, we have a very, very, very special guest, Russell. And this is the first time that you've met Todd Greer. Dr. Greer was the one that started the Nonprofit Exchange, but he's the founding and still the current editor of Nonprofit Performance Magazine. Todd, welcome. Thank you so much, Hugh. Great to be with you, Russell. Pleasure. I've heard such wonderful things about you, and it is great to at least virtually connect with you here. Well, this is great. You know, I've, I've done my best to bring out your inner English teacher and your red pen with stuff. <laughs> so That's I'm going to keep thing. stuff coming to you. <laughs> well, it's that, that gap. So, I mean, you know, Hugh, Hugh mentioned I was the editor uh, as we started out and working through this. So Hugh is definitely the publisher of the tandem. He's not the editor. So, you know, it's a good thing to have other folks like you, Russell, around to help keep him in check. <laughs> well, it, ta- it takes a village. That's why there's more than one of them. Here. There you go. There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, we, um, the, the vision for the nonprofit exchange is to interview um, experts in, in, in different fields and to bring really good leadership principles into charities and churches and synagogues, a lot of times from business leaders. But Todd, uh, in addition to having your PhD in organizational leadership, you're ordained as a pastor, and now you're a dean at the University of Mobile. Am I correct? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, um, it's been an interesting transition. Obviously, uh, Hugh and I met in 2014. Uh, Hugh had this wonderful vision of what is Center Vision Leadership Foundation, um, had the vision for a, a magazine and really a community of, of nonprofit thought leaders that could really help to build capacity and to help build and move things forward. And I think it's been a, a beautiful vision to see it come to light, to be something that I've, I've been a part of and has touched me deeply. Um, and over the last, uh, really last two and a half years, I've been able to uh, move down to Mobile from uh, Virginia where he and I met, um, start a business down here, see that grow and see a community of entrepreneurship really raise up. And so uh, now I have the opportunity to, uh, get in and engage with uh, university students and to, to work to encourage them for the world that's, uh, that we're inventing each day as we go by. Well, we're glad to have the, um, <clears throat> the academic connection. Even though you've gone on to do some other great stuff, you're, you're still uh, shaping the editorial policy. And what we've done with the magazine is separate the commercial part with the editorial part. And what I do is I'm the champion and I bring people into the funnel that, that we set up so brilliantly and around the editorial policy that, that you shaped so that we keep it really clean and really uh, valid journalism for leadership. So talk about when you, when you, so thank you for that contribution to humankind and to Center Vision. So you, you launched the, uh, the nonprofit exchange, which we're doing at two o'clock on Tuesdays. Eastern time and the podcast. And we're, we're hitting about 15,000 listeners on this particular podcast. And I've got 10 or so on the orchestrating success. So we, we share some interviews in common, but they're, 
they're helping people think through their skill set in, in organizational uh, development and their personal skills for developing their teams. But talk about the, what was it, three years ago in September, we launched that first uh, John Maxwell edition. Yeah. So as you were shaping out this vision for the magazine, talk a little bit about your thought process and what was important that, that you lay down the tracks for. What was important about that and what does that look like? Yeah, one of the things that we, we consistently saw as we were looking at the nonprofit space is that there's good research and then there's speakers. Uh, and then there's some books that are written, but there's a, a gap kind of in the middle. And so what we wanted to do was to be able to come in and give nonprofit leaders, whether they're board members or their staff or their executives, we want to give them the opportunity to be able to engage with deeper thought around a holistic idea. And so what we started from that day forward is to create these themes within our magazine so that you could look at uh, what we would consider an evergreen concept, okay, something that it's not based upon a specific time. It's something that whether you're looking at it three years ago or you're looking at it today, the points are still valid. The theme is still important. It's something that drives home a needed opportunity in that space. And we really work to say, look, this is not an infomercial. This is not a chance to sell your book. This is not a chance to get yourself engaged in a speaking environment. This is really about bringing the best thought leadership from all over. I mean, we, we've, we've worked with um, the athletic director from Virginia Tech. We worked with best-selling authors. We've worked with uh, professors from a, a number of different top-notch schools all across the country. We've worked with nonprofit facilitators. We have worked with people that do some speaking across the space. We've tried to engage and bring together for our, our, our listeners, for our audience, for our readers, we've tried to bring together as many different engaging and unique perspectives that can help them move it forward. And the reality is we wanted a place that would challenge you. You know, it, it's one of those things that a lot of times it's very easy for us to become stagnant or mm -hmm. uh, to become in, to reach a plateau. And if we're engaged with new people all the time, it helps. And so at kind of the cornerstone of each issue, there's a couple different things that we wanted to lay out. One is we wanted to have that big name at that cover that you could look at. I mean, and so John Maxwell was quite a name to be able to start with. And you see others that have gone on uh, to, to head the cover of, of the magazine and they've done an amazing job. We've wanted to make sure that each magazine touched on board relations. Each magazine touched on kind of that sense of funds attraction. Each magazine talked about a couple different things, but one of the key, the second kind of to me cornerstone of the magazine was the nonprofits that work section. Because we said, yeah, you know, it's, it's great to be able to think about these huge nonprofits that have great budgets and are extremely well known. But how do we see this idea, this theme exemplified in the life of a nonprofit that is probably going to be one that you've never heard of before? And so we've been able to take and show these organizations all across the country all across the country who are doing exciting things around that theme. You know, I, I was, it, it's been one of those pieces. I've learned so many new amazing nonprofits and to be able to point to them later on. In fact, um, there's one that we worked with not that long ago. The mission continues. 
and Hugh, I don't remember if you if you remember them uh, from the work that we did with them, uh, but it's kind of exciting right now because uh, Aaron Scheinberg, who uh, we, we worked with from the Mission Continues, he's actually running for Congress now in West Virginia. Um, so he was somebody that we worked with not that long ago on that article, and uh, the Mission Continues was a veteran organization that worked to continue to engage vets as they come back stateside to continue in that mission, okay? So working in the nonprofit community that surrounded them to engage in different missions is what they refer to it. So you get to see those kinds of things. And it's just a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to engage and to think about all of the good ideas in nonprofit spaces don't come just from nonprofits. They come from all over. Well, good, good principles are good principles. Uh, we, um, we've, um, and part of your inspiration was to have a different theme for yeah. each, each edition. And, and one of the, the real fun editions I remember um, was the one with Frances Hasselbein on the cover. Yes. Who was in her late 90s and is expert on millennials. So we did this whole issue on millennials. And it's fascinating. You had an interest in it. I had an interest in it. And I'm a boomer. You're a millennial. And my article was about where we have similarities, yeah, the core, core values and principles. So, um, and and you had this really good interview with. Well, you had a couple of interviews with with Francis, and those are the <clears throat> still the top downloaded interviews on the Nonprofit Exchange podcast. You know, Hugh, it's a beautiful thing. So, actually, Francis has now just turned. I think either 100 or 101, and she still is kicking. Um, I've seen a, a couple pieces from her recently. But I was telling my daughter this uh, on, actually, last evening. Uh, my daughter is a Girl Scout, and Frances um, was, for about a decade and a half, she was the CEO of the Girl Scouts of the USA. And I was telling her, I said, Hun, you have to understand the legacy of those that have gone. My daughter's a third grader. And just explaining to her that, what Francis has done, and I, I use Francis actually a lot when I'm speaking to students uh, to be able to understand what it looks like that she's engaging, to never stop learning, to always open doors for others in the sense of when you find trustworthy people who are passionate, give them an opportunity, open the door for them. They may be young, they may be different from you, whatever it is, understand that everybody needs a door open for them. Absolutely. Um, and you have crafted <clears throat> um, on our submissions page. Mm -hmm. But when we go to nonprofitperformance.org, it'll, it'll um, forward the URL to uh, Cinevision, the magazine page. And then there's a submissions page. So people who want to contribute can go there and submit articles. And there's very clear guidelines for submissions. And so each, uh, the boardroom issue is, is being designed now and it's going to be printed and distributed before the end of this year. And since people are listening to podcasts some year, maybe not this year, um, it's important that the material on the podcast and in the magazine is, is really timeless. Absolutely. Really solid, Absolutely. solid principle. So I'm going to uh, let Russ um, in, insert some questions here. Russ, as you, you've been a contributor for the magazine and as you look at the guidelines that, uh, Todd has crafted and specifically the, the identification of the theme. How does that help you? Uh, Rudd's, by the way, is a very gifted writer. Um, and he's, uh, Russ is one of our wayfinders, Todd. I don't know if you know, but he's, yes. he's gone through the certification. He's, he's the 
the first certified wayfinder and we're, we got some more in the shoot, but he's, he's the guy forging the trail out there. So Russ, how do, how does the, the guidelines for writing and the, the description of the theme, how does that help you as a writer shape your contribution for that article? You know, it's really important to have a, a clear message, one that's just direct to the point, uh, that has a lot of punch, and that, that, that forces you to uh, really put your best thoughts on, on paper without any extraneous information. Uh, it also forces you to up your game, because when you're looking <laughs> at some of the people like Dr. Jeff McGee, for example, that are... Uh, sending material into this magazine, you don't you don't want to send a piece in there that's uh, that that's less than your best. And uh, people turn to this because they want to know what sort of things they can do to really enhance their performance. What what are some of the best practices out there? What are what are some things that you can take away from this article and actually actually make it actionable? So. When I send a piece in, I, you know, it's, uh, I ask myself what I want people to know, feel, and do. And there should be one piece of actionable. Uh, if there's more than one, that's better. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, people can get confused. But uh, I try to either put a sequence of actions or a sequence of things to look for or some sort of actionable piece that somebody can take and implement today. And it's important to be able to access, understand, and use that information. And uh, yeah, I was just kind of surfing the web today, and I, I came across uh, from an organization called Giving Compass, which uh, points you at nonprofit resources, and and it said five podcasts that nonprofits should listen to. And I opened that in anticipation to see a nonprofit exchange. We're not there yet. So <laughs> We're going to make that list. And, yep. and so they talk about why people should listen to that. And we'll just keep doing what we're doing. At some point, we're going to end up on that list. And that, that, I think that's a worthy goal for us to shoot for. I'm glad to know about that. So, Russell, I, I, from an out, you weren't on the journey uh, as we've gone forward. We're in the third year of the magazine. It's hard to believe that we haven't talked about it on the podcast. So we've had uh, three years of podcast, lots of episodes out there. So from an outside perspective, catching up, what kind of questions do you want to pose to Todd about the history or the vision or the future? Well, you know, one of the things that I'm interested in, in seeing, because you're in that university space, mm -hmm. uh, I was curious as to how many uh, younger people like yourself are moving into the space because they want to do work that matters. And how many are looking at programs that focus on nonprofits and philanthropy? Are you seeing an uptick in that? Yeah, Russell, I think it's a great question. In fact, if you go back to uh, the work that we did on millennials, it's a it's a huge issue. In fact, um, and I don't have the statistics in front of me, uh, but the vast majority of millennials say they want to be part of a company that makes an impact. Uh, they want to be part of work that makes an impact, and that they'll do business with a brand that makes impact. So we see a greater sense of social responsibility in this generation than probably any generation in quite some time. Now, there still is that struggle of a gap between what I want and what I'm willing to do. 
And so we know that that's not always something where that gap is, is, is closed, uh, but we know that there is a desire. And so we do see it among our students. Now, we happen to be at a university that's a private Christian institution. And so we have that faith basis in a lot of our students where they do want to go and make impact. Uh, but across the, 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 the community here in the Mobile area and across the state, across the country, we're hearing more and more about programs like social entrepreneurship coming up. We're seeing people, um, including the B Corp and other groups, where they're saying, we think that there's a blurring of the line that's coming before us between the typical business and the typical nonprofit or charity. And so they do want to engage. They want to do something. And so the key right now that we're dealing with is how do we make sure that we're building the right capacity? And I think that's to your point. Um, uh, historically, I think one of the things that we've consistently seen is that the people that come into the nonprofit space are people who are passionate about a cause. And, and passion is extremely important. It's extremely important. Books upon books upon books have been written as of the last decade or so just on passion, why you should pursue your passion. But, but one of the things that we're very mindful, and Hugh and I, this has been part of kind of the, the linchpin for us from the beginning, is that passion without guidelines, passion without the right framework, without the right strategy, without the right understanding can be really dangerous. It can be really dangerous, okay? And so we're asking questions here about how do we kind of cross the line between our school of business and our school of ministry, between our school of business and education, between our school of business and music. You know, we're asking those kinds of questions. And I think what you're going to see, and it's already happening in a lot of places, you're going to see the increase in those. Um, you know, I, um, sorry, here we go. Um, you're finding, oh, you know, folks like business as mission um, is a is a concept that's really kind of come up over the last handful of years. Um, you've got schools that are developing these centers. They're, they're they're getting out there and they're serving. And so, I think we've got a great opportunity. And I think it's it means a lot to our communities. In fact, um, I think kind of going back to that that millennial piece, and even touching into uh, our current issue that will be coming out here in December. The boardroom. I think one of the things that's really important for our nonprofits um, is to make sure that they're engaging millennials, they're engaging even now Zs um, to begin thinking about what does it look like to have diversity from an age perspective on their board as well. So I, I think the I think the younger generations are incredibly excited about the potential to make impact in the world. Uh, yeah, this is really important stuff. I've been engaged with my own church here in doing a visioning, and we've been basing that on good to great for the social sectors, something one of our local guys, Jim Collins, he's just up the road in Boulder. Okay. Uh, we, we, we started visioning on that, and one of the things that was said verbally was, you know, we really want to get young people involved, but as i Dove into this process with them. Uh, I, I created a system to to work with the faith-based community, and created a coding system. And what they say and what scores, there's a there's a little bit of a disconnect. So uh, yeah. this is something that's worth exploring a little bit further. Yeah, uh, not that's enough to say that we want younger people involved, but what 
where are our actions leading us? And, and so we, there's an underlying, uh, and of course this wasn't done to, to, to scale to any uh, scientific mm -hmm. scalers or uh, with the thought of statistical validity in it. Well, because there's a lot of open-ended stuff, it's my own interpretation of it. But it's really, it's really interesting, and I'd be love to share some of those codes with you, some of the coding I did with that. And uh, the other thing I wanted to say is we've got a very strong business as, as mission chapter. As a matter of fact, I'm going tomorrow morning okay. to, uh, to the monthly meeting. That's great. That's great. You know, it, it's interesting because what you said is spot on. And, and, and this is something that we see. Um, there are two pieces that really have stuck out to me. And I don't know who said the one and I know who said the other. So somebody said to me, you will get what you celebrate. So you step back and you think about it. In an organization, whether it's a nonprofit or for-profit, you will get what you celebrate. So you say you want something. If you don't celebrate it when it happens, you're not going to get it. Because that's the reinforcement. When you celebrate something, you're reinforcing that this is the culture that we're working to establish. And then the other piece is um, it's Chris Argyris, and Chris uh, was a, a um, he was a theory guy. I want to say he was at Harvard Business School, but one of the pieces that he brought to light is that there is espoused values or espoused theories, and there are theories in action or uh, values in action. And there's oftentimes there's a discrepancy. You know, you think about how many organizations you've come through, you've seen those values on the wall, mm. and you looked at those values and you thought, <laughs> I don't see those <laughs> organizations. I know, Hugh, you're laughing because you've seen it countless times, both in, in religious environment as well as in, in other nonprofit types of organizations. But it's, it's a hard thing. You know, we, we set these ideals up, but we often don't, create a concrete way to establish those throughout the organization. And we often kind of going back to the celebration, we oftentimes don't celebrate when those things happen. We forget that, don't we? Yeah. Don't we? Yeah. I see, um, I see, um, Russell taking some notes. Um, Russell grabs some sound bites in these that are, that are usually very, very astute. Um, so Russell, when you were talking about, how you construct an article. Um, that was really good information. What do you want people to do? So Todd, back to you. As, as we were putting this together back in the old days, as we were putting this together, <laughs> um, was that part of our thinking? We want, what do we want people to take away? Speak about, um, and you've got a lot better recollection of some of this than I do. Uh, you were focused on this a little more, but so what were some of the, the the takeaways, the impact, the results that we wanted people to have because they had the magazine? Yeah, a couple of things that really stuck out in the early days as we were doing it. And Russell, I think you said it great. Know, feel, and do. I want to, you know, I want people to know, to feel, to do. What do I want? So, you know, one of the pieces that we said is oftentimes leading in a nonprofit organization is lonely. Okay. And so one of the things that we wanted to establish is you're not alone. You're not alone in this journey. And, and the things that you're feeling are being felt all across the country by organizations, big and small, by religious and those that are community oriented in the nonprofit space. And so that was a big key for us. 
Because a lot of times when you're doing on your own, who do you have to talk to? Can you share with your board these challenges? Can you share with your staff these challenges? Who can you talk to? You know, a lot of times you're even afraid to share with other executives because you don't want to feel like you're the, you know, the idiot in the room or you're the one who's falling short when other people, at least what they present seems so strong. So we said, look, we want to get in and we want to be very real that these are issues that we're facing. And that's one of the things that comes up in each one of these themes is the acknowledgement, look, we're all facing them. We need, we've got challenges that we're facing. And so we need a variety of voices to encourage us moving forward. Uh, so that was a, a, a big piece. Next to that is the big piece of, we wanted to say, look, this is more than just uh, uh, from the seat of our pants kind of a framework. This is about how do we work to establish real strategy in our organizations. And I think that's one of the pieces that often gets lost. You know, we, we do without thinking of the undergirding strategy. Um, you know, it was, you go back to uh, Stephen Covey's four quadrants. A lot of times in the nonprofit space, because we're dealing with, uh, with not an abundance of resources and staff, we're oftentimes are just we're going so fast through the things that become urgent or the things that flare up in front of us. We take care of those things. We don't step back to create that holistic strategy. And the magazine was intended and the nonprofit exchange was intended to encourage us to really step back and, and think about our strategy around these types of subjects. You know, when we talk about leadership, What's your leadership strategy? How do you build a, a leaderful organization? I'm going to go back to Joe Raylan. Joe was one of our, our guests back about two years ago from uh, Northeastern University. How do you create leadership throughout your organization? We've talked about succession planning. How do you make sure that when you're gone, the organization not only continues, but thrives after you're gone. So that was a big piece to this. So we want you to think about that sense of strategy. What's going on? What's working? What doesn't work? Um, when we talked with Francis and Joan Cole, uh, you know, we looked at Peter Drucker's five most important questions. And a lot of what they do is they want you to make sure that you're periodically having that review process. You know, uh, for, for some time in our country, the after action review was a pretty typical thing in certain types of organizations. Well, a lot of times in nonprofits, we don't do enough of that. You know, what worked, what didn't, how would we change it for the next time? And then how do we continue to grow that to make sure that it's better fitting our mission and our customer moving forward? And, and I think that's, um, that's a really a uh, key issue that's oftentimes missing. I mean, Hugh, when you step back and you think about all the organizations that you've worked with, how many times do you see, I mean, what in the, the for-profit world, we talk about continuous improvement. Did you see a lot of that? No, no. It, it, it's something that I, I think um, we do. And when the thing is done, we go, whew, that was long and that was tiring. And I'm so glad that we can, we can put that in a box for a year and the next year we'll pull that box back out and we'll regurgitate the same thing. And we don't think about, you know, Hey, Hey, this is something, you know, heaven forbid we ask, is this thing necessary anymore? Do I, do I need to do this anymore? Or is, are we just doing it because it's what we've always done? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was thinking about Caesar when he lost his wreath and he 
got up off his throne. There, there, there it was. He said, "Oh, my! I've been resting on my laurels." <laughs> so, so we want to get there and rest. We want to think we've made a plateau. We can, we can stop, and that's a dangerous place to be. I find that um, continuous improvement is the jargon in corporate America. Yeah. What we work on a center vision is continuing improvement, yeah. which is personal development. Your, the journey is never over. Um, and part of part of uh, crafting the whole process and the whole design of the magazine, um, there's there's different um, categories. I forget what you call them. Different categories. Mm -hmm. uh, there's member engagement, uh, strategy. There's point counterpoint. There's executive office. Um, there's the grants corner. There's academic uh, desk. The design corner. Nonprofits at work. Board relations and systems thinking. Um, talk about why those categories, and, and uh, we've had something in those categories every single issue. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, those, are, those are big ones, and we wanted to be able to really narrow in. One of the things that I think is way too easy when you're starting a, a, a magazine or any kind of medium is to just say, like, all oh, except this, and, and have it kind of in this vague space. We wanted to give people a, a way to look forward to new things that were coming. And so some of the pieces, you know, we referenced before that kind of featured personality and the nonprofit works uh, and the board relations. One of the things that we wanted to engage in, in this as well is design corner. And so one of the things in the design corner was always that idea that all too often, you know, we, 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 we tend to forget that things can look good and, and, and they, they can come together. I know in, in the church for a long time, uh, we lost our artists. We lost our designers and their input and their, their value. And I think we're, we're coming to see them back again. But the same thing is true in nonprofits. Just because you're a nonprofit doesn't mean that your website has to be ugly or that your, your engagement with your, um, your members or your engagement with your computer or community has to be uh, lacking thought. We want to make sure that that happens. And so what this does is it gives us a framework that when we're going out to seek contributors or contributors are coming to us, they know that this is the target that I'm seeking after. You know, we want to make sure that the people that we have are experts. They really are bringing their game to the table and it's somebody that you can trust as you're hearing from them. Uh, and, and I think that's that's a really important piece for us. And, and Hugh, I, I want to touch on as well, we talked a little bit about this issue that's coming uh, or that, that's getting ready to go to print. And I know some people will listen to this at some time in the future. But, you know, some of the things that we're talking about coming up, social media. You know, obviously, we don't live in a world where social media is a, 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 a might. I might do social media. You know, whatever your organization is, social media is a really important thing. But going back to strategy, you have to have a strategy for it. You know, my wife and I, we were talking last night. Um, we were watching an old episode of Madam Secretary. And, we, you know, uh, there's, there's good and there's bad, obviously, about where uh, we are in social media. And sometimes social media has, has created this perception of reality that's so far from it. It also has allowed people to get a platform that some people should never have. Uh, you know, there are things that are going on, you just think, you should never have had a platform, and, and without it, you can't have it. But nonprofits have a great opportunity to engage with their community, with their members, with their public, through a very intentional strategy in, in social media. And so we want to make sure 
people are really conscious and thinking about it. And, and, and look, another tendency is that we look at whoever's the youngest person on our staff and we say, you're in charge of social media, just like we used to say, you're in charge of graphic design, just like we used to say, you're in charge of web design. We can't just throw it on the youngest person. Mm. Now, they, they may be good, but you have to have a real consistent strategy for your organization. And so you'll see in that, that we look at what does this social media strategy look like throughout? You know, what are organizations that are doing it really well? You know, we always want to find those people that are exemplars in our field. You know, how does that impact the board and what's the board's role in that? You know, do you, do you expect your board members to tweet out everything that's happening from your Twitter account? Do you expect them to engage? What does that look like? What are the expectations uh, that you have. And so that one's coming up here soon. And then following that is is really kind of this thing that Russell and I were kind of hinting at is this future of the, the public-private partnership. And, and I think that's something we're going to continue to see growth in that area. Because the reality is, you know, the, the, the moniker charity is something that really has a bad connotation now in our society. Because what a charity does is a charity comes without strategy and without fiscal strategy, and they come and they say, please give to me so that I can give to others. Well, we love to give, but, but we're asking the ROI question, just like we asked return on an investment, we're asking what's the return on my impact? What's the return on my giving? in the nonprofit sector. And so we really want to make sure that we're thinking strategically about not only where we're at right now, but what's coming down the pipeline. How do we make sure that we build the right partnerships with the corporate entities in our environment to say, okay, if you care about this issue and we care about this issue, how can we collaborate to be able to make real impact in our community? You know, that's, that's a word that, um, most of our charities don't understand. So Russell, we're, we're rounding up to the, the final um, nine minutes of our interview. Um, I'm gonna give you a little more airtime. You wanna, you wanna, you've got some good questions. Is there one brewing for Todd? Well, you know, when it comes to social media, it's interesting because I was at a Socratic cafe at the University of Denver. Me and a few other guys get together on Saturday nights to actually do that. And we had uh, we had an ongoing discussion for eight weeks about isolation. Mm. Social media came up and he pointed out, he says, you seem to be very comfortable. I haven't seen anybody your age that is that comfortable with social media. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I've, I've got to, you know, <laughs> I don't know everything, uh, but... <laughs> We, we talked about being isolated, even though people are on social media, and uh, there were a lot of things, pro and con, that were raised with social media. And uh, there's a balance to be struck, and it's not totally evil, it's not totally good. Uh, and we, we want to be able to have these face-to-face -face interactions. There's nothing like it, yeah. uh, like face-to-face -face interaction. The social media is a tool. I think a lot of people view it as some sort of mysterious skill of people. On After you turn 25, your brain just oozes out of your ears and you have no clue what to do and you got to go find your children and your grandchildren. That's not the case. <laughs> it's this, this view. And uh, what sort of things have you heard people talk about 
uh, when you when you're talking with them about using social media to engage, uh, is there some resistance? Is there some people? Are there people that think it's the holy grail? What are you hearing people talk about? And I think it's a great great thing to just devote a whole issue to. Yeah, and and let me touch real quickly, Russell, on something you said, and then I'll come back to the questions themselves. You talked about isolation, and and that's a reality. I mean, that's a very big reality because um, it wasn't until social media really crept up that we had this acronym FOMO, the Mm. fear of missing out. And I think what that does oftentimes is it actually does – it it drives us deeper into that sense of isolation because we don't feel like we're part of something, and so we withdraw even more. So social media – is amoral. It's not moral. It's not immoral. It's amoral. It's a tool. It's a medium. It's a channel. Yes. Okay. So it's the, the question is how do we use it? That's a really important piece to yours. What kind of feedback are we hearing? A, a lot of times in, in um, smaller, more, what I would consider more traditional uh, nonprofits that typically are led by older executives, there's a fear. How do I do it? How do I engage? What kinds of media do I put out there? Um, you know, do I do it from my personal social media channels? You know, I might have Facebook. Do I, do I post about the organization for my personal? Do I do it from the groups? How do I build a following? I think all those are really, uh, they're big questions. Um, and, and, you know, it's not an easy thing. It, it's not, and, and there's not really just a one size fits all response to that. But I think one of the things that's really important, um, and Hugh, I know, has done a a masterful job when it comes to kind of the building that social media following. Hugh created a platform that he said, look, I'm going to focus on leadership. Okay. I'm going to focus on leadership and I'm going to focus on how do we empower people around leadership. And so when you see his messages, they're consistent. He's consistently posting about leadership and organizations, and he's built a following around a theme, all right? In your nonprofit, that's a key thing for you. You have to own the space that you're in, and, and you've got to be really mindful. You know, it's, it's quick and easy to go chase the shiny object, right? We've talked about chasing money in nonprofits before. Uh, that's something that a lot of times gets a lot of nonprofits off track. They go and they chase money. The same thing is true when it comes to social media about chasing the shiny object. Not everybody has to have a perspective on every issue that comes up. Okay. You know, when LeBron went to Miami, your nonprofit didn't have to talk about LeBron going to Miami unless LeBron was the spokesperson for you in Cleveland then you might have something to say. So it's being really mindful about putting your blinders on when you need to put your blinders on and know what you are, you're good at and what you should be talking about. And I think that's a really big thing because your following will come out when you're consistent in what you're talking about, when you have a definitive uh, framing uh, to your social media messaging. And the other thing is too, um, we live in a world where the social media algorithms are consistently changing. And right now the heavy push is it used to be to photos and now it's even further. It's to video. Okay. So video is the hot piece. Um, and so having opportunities, in fact, like here we are, we're live on Facebook, right? Um, you know, that is a really important thing having, whether it's, you know, video chats or it's having small snippets, you want to be able to create bite-sized video, bite-sized media, uh, visual media, because it is attractive. It's going to engage more people. It's more likely to be seen by folks. 
than, you know, I ate uh, nachos for, for dinner last night. You know, I mean, nobody really cares unless you have a great picture of your artisan nachos, you know, with your tofu on it or whatever, then people might care. Uh, but I think that's a big thing is to make sure that when you, when you do post something that you're harnessing all that's available to you. Um, and, and that's really another piece. And we'll talk a little bit about it in the uh, social media magazine uh, or issue of the magazine. But, but something that I think a lot of people don't realize is that there are very tangible ways for you and your nonprofit to be able to have good visuals. You know I mean? Um, I know Hugh is a, is an Apple guy and Apple made it very uh, available to people to be able to cut and edit simple, but good, clean video. So you have those, um, more recently in a design perspective, uh, and I'm blinking on the name. Hold on one second. I'll find them. Um, there is canva.com C A N V A.com canva.com. Um, Canva is, uh, is an organization that came out and one of the pieces that they wanted to promote was the idea that not everybody is a graphic designer. Not everybody can afford a graphic designer, but everybody needs good design. And so they created a very simple free platform or freemium platform um, that anybody could go in and they could create good design to be able to make sure that that's consistent with their organization and the top notch perspective. That's great. Um, we're doing the wrap here. We've, we've had a really um, good session, Todd. And thank you for um, launching this with your, your vision that's continuing. I hope um, we continue to execute it faithfully. Absolutely. As, as you're sitting in this academic seat, you're, uh, um, you're still editor of this magazine and shaping the editorial policy in a really, really helpful way. Um, are there some points do you want to leave people with before we, we end this, this information session? I want to encourage people to go to nonprofitperformance.org and at least click on there. There's 15,000 people that read the virtual edition every month. It's a flip file. And go in there and sign in. You can read the archive editions. And then you can subscribe and, and buy issues. It's very, very reasonable. And actually, if a, if a nonprofit executive or a pastor were to get issues for themselves and their whole board, then people are on the same page. It gives you something tangible to talk about, especially the board issue. So, Todd, as, as we're, we're exiting and wrapping up on this, uh, this interview, what are some things you want to leave people with? Yeah, Hugh, I, I think when you go back to the initial vision here, it's the idea um, that how do we typically make impact in our communities? And we really wanted to do that. And it's kind of funny when you, when you talk about some of the download numbers both from the magazine as well as from uh, the the uh, the podcast and the video series, we started at zero. We started without subscribers. We started without followers. We started without any of that. And so the reality is, if we can do it, you can too. You know, it, it's really important to make sure that you have a good message, that you have something that people want to listen to, to follow, to read. But you can do it. You know, you can make great impact in your community. You can do great things. You can kind of build it. If you want a platform, you can do it. And the key is that you just have to continue. You know, a lot of times what ends up happening is that we see people in our community who they start something and they're not resilient enough 
when the challenges happen. And, and Hugh, you know, we, uh, our core team that we started with, uh, we've all gone through significant challenges, life changes, things happening. Uh, but the key is to continue through it and continue to work together. And, and truthfully, if you don't like the people you're working with, you're probably not going to continue. And we've had a great group of people, both our core team as well as you know, folks that have come around us and, and great new faces like Russell who are able to invigorate and continue to move things forward. And I think that's a, a really important, just kind of a, a tidbit for any organization is make sure that you continue to invite new people in as you continue to hone what your message is. Have fun. It's, it's, it, life is too short not to enjoy what you're doing. Good, wise words. Russell, you can do it. We have fun. Todd, blessings to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.